podcast kb i'm gonna bring you right in because you need to be a part of this we all need to we gotta get out the confetti the pinatas all of that it's a party tonight after the results it's incredible i can't believe it but it happened we all saw it how great was that fucking match great how awesome was that great norcal great great norcal great for some reason i can't stop with that three word cadence since about three hours ago yeah the only things the only things the, okay we're gonna we're gonna get the negative just way out of the way so we can bask so we can bask in what happened um i think i hate to rain on anybody's parade but i think we all realize that the exchange rate for clean john cena victories is uh four or five straight clean losses to john cena so uh, oh you know it's coming i i would if I wished I could bet on wrestling down at the fucking casino that's down the road from my house because I'd go down and put everything I got on Cena for, mo for money in the bank probably by tap out right in the center of the ring um, so there's that um, and also the fact that uh, it's kind of disappointing that they decided to have this show in Corpus Christi as I've kind of noticed that crowd is regularly pretty pretty docile and uh, pretty, pretty not give a fuck um, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't uh, it wasn't any Memphis by any means, but the impact that this show I mean, the fun that this show could have been had it been in Chicago, Philly, New York, oh, um, Pittsburgh, uh, we Sacramento, would, we would, any of those really we, Seattle, any of those really crazy towns would have been fucking phenomenal. But there wouldn't have, there wouldn't have been a show after Owens pinned him. They would have stormed the ring and just celebrated for the rest of the night. But. Uh, at about, yeah, it would have been like that scene in the, the, the ECW clip they always show where the fucking thing collapsed and everybody fell down because they were all oh, celebrating yeah. in the ring with Public Enemy. Uh, but the crowd, they were pretty into it by about the seven or eight minute mark. God, how long? What? I mean, you're the rain man when it comes to match time. That was almost 30 minutes, wasn't it? Cena and Owens? Yeah. Uh, 20 minutes and three seconds. Okay. Seem, I guess it's because they packed a lot of stuff in there. Yeah, so, they did. First of all, I'd like to give a big go fuck yourself. To every fucking moron who doesn't know anything but Raw and SmackDown every week, who tried to say, "Oh, Owens looks fat. He has a gut. His cardio can't be that good. I don't see what the big deal is." Well, probably because you've never seen him wrestle before, you fucking moron. And secondly, how many holy shit moments were there in that match? At least three or four. Um, his. I don't even know what that was called, where he went from the second to the to the top and then springboard moonsaulted. That was fucking ridiculous. That's the kind of thing you see from someone the size of, like, Sabu. Yeah, or like Kalisto or somebody. Uh, the package, the, what I thought was about to be the package pile driver, I was literally on my couch, like, cringing. Like, holy shit! Holy shit! No! And then he just made it into a suplex, but it was still yeah. fucking incredible. How, like, how earth-shattering would that have been? We haven't even seen somebody do a pile driver since 
Cena did it to Punk a couple years back. But other than that, in the last, shit, five or six years, we haven't seen anybody using it. Uh, yeah, it's been a while. TNA, but that doesn't count. Well, uh, I, I, I think Undertaker might have used one maybe at a WrestleMania or something. Well, but that's Undertaker's a, little, a lot safer than it your, is. your regular, like, Jerry Lawler, Terry Funk pile driver. Yeah, Tombstone and under can be done without fucking any, without oh. any danger at all. Yeah, because um, the one he did to Lesnar at WrestleMania, you could see the Mississippi between oh, with yeah, the gap between yeah, the head. And the I man. mean, but, it's very easy to protect someone. In, oh, yeah. in, a, in a Tombstone pile driver. Um, so we haven't seen one of those in forever. Not the so then he's gonna do a, the package pile driver. <laughs> that would have been holy shit. And then when he reversed the superplex into the whatever the fuck that was off the top rope. Like a spinning Good superplex. Lord. Yeah, it, it, Owens can go. I, I anybody you think? That, <laughs> anybody that just, that's the message. I, I know you know that, but I mean, it, if you want to see what Owens can do, watch his debut from a uh, Takeover Our Evolution against C.J. Parker, where in the first thirty seconds he's flipping over the top rope like Sammy would do and hits a cannonball and just is going nuts in the first. It's his debut match with the company, and he's got the place going through the roof. That like, more than NXT place. fans usually go through the roof. Um, I just I just don't know. I don't it, know it, what else to say. I don't know how that could have... I don't know how this match, with everything that was riding on it, and the fact that it was his WWE, his main roster debut as far as a match goes, I, I just... I don't know how... I don't know how yeah. it could have been any better. I don't know how it, much it better be. it could have been. And the thing is, the people that are going to keep criticizing him are the people that you're never going to be able to, you're never going to be able well, to satisfy. Well, that's, and that's the feeling I got when I saw everybody criticize him and the kind of criticisms that they were coming up with mm -hmm. because oh, yeah. they were so weak and bullshit that it was just, these people had made up their mind about Kevin Owens before he had even said a word or done a single move. Like, they it, just, they had decided from the second he came out, they had decided the second that the internet liked him, that they were just yeah. not going to, you know, didn't matter what he did. So. It's the same. It's the same people that say Cena is still the same character he was six years ago, yeah. and that he only knows a couple of moves, and that he does this, and that he's boring. So I, I just don't. There's so many spectacular things about that match. I, yeah, it, it was great. I, I gave it an A. It was by far and away the match of the night for me. Um, oh, I'd, I'd say we'll probably get match of the year contender out of that. Oh, it will. I, I, I think I said that in the, in I said it somewhere. It was. It's. I, I don't know how long it's going to hold up as match of the year, but it's it's going to be on the list. I tell you what, if it had been in a different place, in one of those hotbed, oh those those hot crowds, it yeah. would have been far and away, right? A match of the I mean, year, a I mean, match of the I, year contender. If you watch the package pile driver, just the load, I, I mean, if the load up for it, the fans really just are like, okay, that was a move. Um, I mean, obviously, I don't think anyone, I don't think it was a known. I don't. I don't know how big ROH is in Corpus. Was in Corpus Christi. Yeah, probably but, not. Probably not. I mean, I uh, I get excited when people do moves in matches that I haven't seen before. But he was doing things that I don't even know what the fuck to call them. Like that was insane. <laughs> and he was doing it with Cena. Good lord. Yeah. And again, can to go off of Owens for a second? Can we? I know you don't think this, and I'm not preaching to you on this. Can we please drop this idea that Cena isn't? one of the best ever in the ring. I mean... It, I don't think that... I mean... You'll see people still saying it, and it gets annoying well, to anyone read. anyone who still says that isn't to be fucking bothered with anyways, so... 
isn't it, well, I mean, you know, I, they're a waste of time and breath if you still somehow yeah. think uh, over a decade later with all the exposure that he's had and all the title wins and all the money he's made how he's been on the top grossing wrestling events uh, year after year after year like of all time oh. and they launched a network while he was still in his prime and carrying the company I don't I don't I don't know how to explain uh yeah he's way there's a very, very short list of people ahead of him. And aside from Hogan, Austin, maybe Rock. I don't I'm, know. I'm, I, I think go back you could even make it. Oh, God, this is going to be sacrilegious. And this is, a, this is a debate for another time. But I think you could argue against Austin. How many years did Austin have? Three, that, four? That is, a, that is a big case against him. Uh, th- that goes. It's the same argument you can have for Hogan against Austin as well. Austin reached a level that Hogan never got to. But Hogan, and the same with Cena, has been bigger, has been at a very high level for so much longer. Just the longevity, it's hard to... Well, because that's Hogan the, is the greatest face of all time and also the greatest heel of all time. Like, people forget that there was two of the hottest periods right. of wrestling that were carried on Hulk Hogan's back, both as a good guy and as a bad guy. So, right. I mean, that's... I mean, that that's the thing with Hogan. There's just so much stuff that he did. I mean, and that's all just, yeah, it was the hottest period ever. That's ignoring the whole giving birth to modern wrestling. Yeah. Let's as if we move past that. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's hard to get past with Austin versus Cena. I mean, okay. His, his big run wasn't that long at all. Um, during his big run, how many manias did he even main event? Three. Uh, 14, 98, and 99. Yeah. And you could it, you could also say 13, but that's before his big run. No, so. I mean, but he wasn't... I'm talking about last match for the belt. The oh, main event. Yeah. That um, was one of the main matches of the show. But, yeah. Okay, so three WrestleManias. Yeah. Um, He had... Let's not even discuss the, the breadth of the creative envelope he had to work with that John Cena does not have to work with. That's true. I mean, you're talking about grand, groundbreaking television that he was allowed to do and parameters yeah. that he was allowed to go outside of while John Cena is here, you know, on a upgraded version of an afternoon cartoon and he's still making all this money. So Right. It also helps. I mean, the other problem is with Cena, how many times have we said, so now Cena is playing Austin to whatever authority figures Vince? Yeah, because Austin and Vince did that so perfectly that anything, no matter how good it is, is going to pale in comparison. Partially because Vince and Austin was first. Well, that and okay, that there's another thing. Austin had really one big angle. I mean, yeah. it was the, probably the greatest angle of all time. Yeah. But besides that feud with The Rock leading up to WrestleMania 17, what else did he have besides Austin and McMahon? Not a lot. Now, that being said, as you said, it's possibly the greatest angle and feud of all time. It, oh, no, it is. It is. Yeah. And, I mean, it, it's one of those things where it's like, well, what are you supposed to change up the best formula ever? Then again, I still like the WrestleMania 17 ending. Okay. So. And so, but then you take Cena and he has mania after mania, guy after guy. Right. I mean, just a fucking laundry list of people the, he's done programs with times he's carried the show on his back people he's put over oh I mean, yeah that, that when it all gets shaken out i think people are just fatigued that's all that's part of they the are. part of the backlash people are just fatigued 
with with Cena and the same old same old. Um, and the stuff I, does get repetitive, and the way he was booked was a little bit ridiculous for a while. I, oh, um, I don't think it's completely. Uh, I don't think it would be ridiculous in another time the way he was booked, but when you're having basically the same go home sequence every month, month in and month out, no matter what the odds, no matter what the anything for a couple of years, people are going to get fatigued with that. And once oh, again, that's not really a mark on John Cena, the worker. That's just the way things were booked at the time. Right. I mean, and if you go back to Hogan, Hogan, who didn't change anything up ever, but he was only on TV a yeah, handful exactly. of times a year. If Hogan was, if Hogan was around today, he probably wouldn't get a job. Yeah. Well, I get what you're saying. In yeah, a but hyperbolic he, way. Yeah. I mean, I'm talking if he was just debuting today. Um, so, he, he, I... I, I there, there's, there's a case for it. I don't know if I agree with the case, but to say Cena is anything below the top, top level is not Of sense. two or three is yeah. absurd. So, I... The only thing that's negative in this is, that, you know, the... Is amazing enough. The U.S. title thing was really cool, and it was going places, and now all of a sudden, well, they they they, they lured us into thinking that this was going to be a real thing for about a month, and now, now we're going on to a feud that has nothing to do with the United States title. Right. But then again, pay-per-view is only two weeks away. Yeah. Maybe. Cross your fingers. Well, I mean, the uh, if you remember back with um, Takeover Rival, that wasn't a title match until like the week before. When Owen said, I'm, "I'll sign the contract if you'll make it a title match." Well, I don't, I don't see that happen. I mean, Owen's well, won, I mean, you know what I'm saying. He said the NXT title was the title to go for, and he won. So why would he? You know, there's no reason for him to change his mind now. Well, yeah, but he could say, "I can provide for my family with the NXT title." Imagine how much I could provide for them with two. Eh, I don't know. He's already said I, that, that that it's <laughs> he. Yeah, he has what what should be coveted, and he won. So there's no reason that he would. He would uh, and the rematch is already made. They already said that the rematch is made. Yeah. So, um, hopefully this only goes for another two weeks. You know, they do another couple of scathing program promos. I uh, I don't know what to hope for for that match. I think we all kind of know what's coming, but it'll be much less disappointing than him just losing yeah, and going back to NXT would yeah. have been. Because he he did get this win. That's yeah. the big. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He got yeah. the first win. That that's. I mean, I know you can say the same thing about Rusev, but Rusev. Look, he, for one thing, Rusev beat or, or Owens beat Cena by pin, not yep. by referee stoppage. That's a yeah, big exactly. Difference. Rusev didn't even really beat John Cena. John Cena passed out, so that's how yeah. they got out of uh, having Cena lose that time. And um, after a, and after a low blow from a yeah, or, from, or was, Lana interfered. That was so what was it, fucking ridiculous about this. <laughs> Owens didn't even really cheat. He just beat right. him. <laughs> God. That was incredible. Did, did Owen cheat? I don't think he did. I don't recall. I don't. I mean, he was. Uh, I mean, he was plenty nasty. I mean, he grabbed. Uh, I guess that, that that's somewhat cheating. He hooked. He did the nose hook on the on the apron. Ah, uh, that that's ripped at his face. I mean, he did wrestle a nastier, more heelish um, style, but I don't think he out and out cheated at. No, I I, I don't at any point. The ending was clean, if nothing else, because he just ducked a ducked yep, a clothesline, ducked the clothesline and power hit him with the pop up, and there we go. Yep. So how and many that... times did they work you during this match? Where you were like, "This is it." Like I just knew seeing it. Okay, all that AA. Here we go. It's over. Uh, the first, you know what I the mean? First, like the, the first AA. No, because I've completely given up on believing the first AA is ever going to win a big match. 
they have burned me way too many times that it's just not going to happen. So that didn't work. Uh, the pop-up power, the first one had me for a minute. Uh, they had me, they actually had me for a second on Cena, uh, on the AA to Cena. Yeah, which that would have been me. a fucking great way to win, to end that match too. Yeah. Uh, when Cena pulled, um, or when, uh, when Cena pulled him back to the middle, I thought, oh, here we go. But then Owens kicked him away, so, um, they, it wasn't, it wasn't the, uh, the biggest near falls in the world, but, um, they had me thinking for a bit that Owens was done. Well, yeah, the second, the second AA was, I was like, I really thought it was over. I was, like, already getting, I was already mad, like, getting ready to throw a pillow, and then he fucking kicked out. So. Yeah. Yeah, it's, they did a great, just, they did a great job with it. It was absolute. they could not have done it better. The only thing, the only, the only mark that I would put on this match where I would maybe put it in an A minus is, uh. Cena might as well have been giving a fucking promo how much you could hear him calling out spots and like saying yeah, but that, what to do and that, shit. That, that was going on all night. Oh, uh, yeah, you know what though? I did notice that all night, but it was especially noticeable three or four times in uh in this match and it was <laughs> all Cena. Um which is which is funny cuz usually the heel calls the match though. So. Um Yeah, but when you have a the first time on the big big Well, stage. what I'm getting at is is Owens probably was calling the match. You just couldn't fucking hear him like you could call Cena. Yeah. Cena's well, infamous for doing that though. He's, yeah, he's he is. <laughs> made it on plenty of plenty yeah. of many um at, at least, where you could hear plainly what he's saying. That's the only thing that was that was taking me out of it, but otherwise at, at least he's an better amazing, than amazing amazing match. At least he's better than Punk with the let me grab this headlock and then whisper sweet spots into your ear. And 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 and, and an amazing job by both guys. By both guys. I mean this this sounds this sounds like I'm talking bad about Cena, but really I'm pretty impressed that they were able to pull off all of those, um, all those complex spots without fucking stuff up, because yeah. that's another thing. I mean, usually in big Cena matches, one or two times during big comp- complex spots, they'll they'll fuck it up, um, or it just won't be clean. And everything in this match was fucking nip tuck perfect. Yeah. Just yeah. God damn. Yeah. What a match. The the sign of a of a of a lack of botches is when somebody misses a moonsault and the moonsault actually would have hit. Yeah. If the yeah, guy hadn't yeah. moved, because so often you'll see a, a moonsault that would have missed by three feet, even if the guy hadn't moved, and, yeah. and it would have hit Cena. That that's a that's the big sign for me that they were on point tonight. Nice DDT in that match too. I'm gonna give everybody a preview of a uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin's uh, podcast this week. I'm pretty sure you're gonna hear. Uh, overuse of the goddamn DDT. It's every every fucking week, every episode, and they did. It's like they're doing it on purpose now. He's probably going crazy. You're overusing the damn DDT, man. The DDT is done. It's over. It is. Like they moved on. Obviously, it's 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 good for you to move on as well. It, it's it one goes. of the just let it go. Yeah, just, just let, it, let go. it go. It's done. <laughs> like it's it's the ship has sailed. I don't like it either. Because the even flow and Jake the Snake's DTs were fucking great, but it's done. Yeah. So it's it's pointless to belabor the point every week. It is. Um, anything else? Anything else before we move on on this greatness? Uh, no. But uh, the fact that we actually have a full pay per view to go otherwise is kind of mind blowing after how big that one match felt. God. Everything else just kind of pales in comparison. Um. The tag chamber was really, really fun. That was a really I good match. I liked that more than I liked it more than I liked it more than the Intercontinental. Um, uh, well, I got a little story about the Intercontinental coming up. Let's just say I agree right. with you. Okay. Uh, I liked it. There were too many people in it. They they did not need to have uh, 
to have Torito in there. Well, that my only mark on it was, and this has to do with the amount of people in it, was um, when it was down to uh, primetime players, Zidane Kid and the New Day, and the New Day hadn't come out yet, why the fuck didn't the other two teams team up four against three? Common sense. Like, I don't... Yeah, exactly. It's injecting way too much common sense into a WWE situation. But, like, okay, they're the champs. We want a new champion. We want to take it off of them. There's four of us. There's three of them. Team up four on three and eliminate them so then you two can fight it out for the belt. I don't... And just stand there right in front of their pod. Yeah, and just stare at them. That would have been a great moment. And, the, and New Day's reactions would have been great. Um, so I didn't really... That kind of really shook me out of uh, my my immersion in the match because it made no fucking sense um, yeah. but otherwise that was a super fun match bunch it of was. super fun spots finally someone did did RVD ever get up to the whole like spider to the roof thing or did he just jump off the pod uh, RVD just jumped off the pod Morrison got up there not as high as Kalisto oh yeah did. yeah yeah I remember that Morrison no, got he up swung there. and did the kick thing and blah 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 yeah, yeah no he didn't do so so Kalisto uh, is the first person we saw do, do full on spider um, yes now, How did they manage to fuck that up? Like, he barely touched them. Like, he waited up there forever, which in the first place was ridiculous. And then when he finally drops, there's four fucking people, and none of them managed to be underneath him when he comes down. I was, uh, I'm, those spots always terrify me. Just you, I'm always worried that someone's going to come up, and then the next day we'll see a report. So, Kalisto out four to six months with shattered elbow. Yeah, or, I mean, that's number one way to blow out a fucking tibia or a fibia or oh, a yeah. compound fracture or a blow out a MCL or ACL so I mean it yeah. was kind of of a weird spot but at least it you know at least everybody got out unscathed um I didn't like uh I was kind of getting annoyed when he kept climbing on top of the pods and he stayed up there for like five Forever? minutes yeah, like just, what was going what, on? Like, can you get to the point of this already what um, are you doing up there I did uh, I like the 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 loose association between the authority and the new day to where the new day is not actually associated with them, but it, it reminds me of really kind of old school heel face dynamics when yeah you know, they so they clearly live in the same universe and so new day kind of does stuff where they lean in and sort of help out sometimes with things the authority needs and then the authority looks kindly upon them I I, I like that without there having to be a direct connection. Except for on Monday, where Kane put them in an eleven-on-three handicap, ma- or a te- however many it was, on three handicap match. Yeah. Uh, because that show was just screw logic. We're doing whatever we feel like doing tonight. Um, but I, I'm staying off that because we'll have a two-hour show then. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the match was good. Uh, New Day. I actually, the more I think about it, the more I like New Day winning because every single team can say it was three on two. Yeah, and that's your excuse to keep to to have another match, which is fine. Uh, the players surprised me a bit. You know They're who surprised in... everybody? The fucking Ascension. Fucking yes, moment of silence for the Ascension. No more of that. They were busting ass in that match. See, I told. Well, I didn't. I mean, it's not like I told like you disagree with me, but I said yes, this you is going to be a, a, an opportunity to rebuild them to get them back, and they did a little bit. I think. They want. They got the first two eliminations, I believe, of Los Matadores and uh, I think the Lucha Dragons were the other team out first. Yeah, which I mean, Los Matadores were there to fill in a chamber, and everybody well, knows. No, it. they were there so Torrio could jump off the top of the pod. And that's why well, that, they were there. That's true. Um, but yeah, they were just there as filler, and I think everybody knew it. Um, so, I mean, 
them go. I actually had Lucha Dragons to win the thing as a as a wow, total really? dark horse, but um, that was the pick that I knew was going to be wrong. Yeah. Um, which I'm bad at predictions usually, but uh, they did okay. Kalisto just taken forever on top of the pod kind of killed everything, all the momentum they had going. Mm-hmm. Um, New Day was their usual selves. I'm, I'm disappointed they didn't go anywhere with Woods being claustrophobic. They mentioned that at the beginning, uh, during the entrances. Did they? Okay, I see. Yeah, I and then... I was still and, fucking around trying to get technical difficulties ironed out. Yeah, yeah, but they never went anywhere with it. I'm like, well, that, that has potential to be funny, but they never brought it up again. Yeah, I liked the, uh, uh, the dog pile pin at the end. That was, that was pretty yeah, funny, too. Yeah, that was good. That was um, good. Everything, everything that New Day touches right now is pretty yeah. much gold. So yeah, I'm just, I'm just worried they're gonna try to drag it out too long, and it's gonna slip down to like a, a dull bronze. Yeah, but, I, I hope. Um, eh, it's all yeah. in the booking, man. I, I can see, I can see things lasting till probably SummerSlam. I want to say, but I can see that. Uh, I that unfortunately, that... don't really see, um, Kid and Cesaro getting it back. I don't think so either at this point. I think if they were going to get it back, it was going to be tonight. Um, but I don't see it happening. The thing, I can't believe I'm saying this. There's enough teams in there that you could that you don't need it to go back on Kid <laughs> Cesaro right now. Yeah, that's a pretty unbelievable and awesome statement. Yeah. Um, I mean, the the primetime players are Titus alone is more is more over more than enough over to give the belts to right now. They uh, are. It, it's it's disappointing to see um, Titus still pretty much looking lost for a lot of that match. I mean. He has yeah. his spots that he goes to, but it's like he has no idea. I don't know how to explain this. He knows how to do his spots. He knows how to get his shit in, but he has no idea how to work like an actual match. Like he would do a spot, and then he would look completely lost until someone else came up to him and hit him, and then he'd do another spot, and then he'd look completely lost until somebody else came up. It's just, it's a shame so, to see that we're like years later, and it's still, still right so, there. So he's a muscular Brie Bella. Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. That's that's not too far. He seems much more comfortable in a structured tag match where he can just yeah. give it off to Young, who has very little charisma, but he's much more well-rounded in the ring. He can wrestle a coherent match. I think I think more the more and more his personality's coming out that, that he could. Uh... Those, the, those vignettes have done one. Those yeah, that he mod- that he's going to develop wonders. into a pretty pretty decent uh, member of the roster. Yeah. Um, that gutbuster looks good too. Yeah. Um. So I'd give this one... It was fun. Actually, it was pretty damn good. I'd give it a B. I'd give it a solid B. I gave it a B as well. Okay. Um, uh, but the chamber, just in its own, the chamber is going to bring a match up just because of the... I love the, the well, time structure. Not necessarily, as you'll see later. Um, you and I, we're going we're gonna to have words over that one, I think. I uh, like that match. Well, I, you'd be surprised. We're probably not going to have very many. You'll see what I mean. Um okay. The girls' match was that? Yeah, that was I guess yeah. sort of next since we went Owens Cena first. Um, yeah, the, the, I mean it that was, was what it was. It was, it, it was a raw match. Uh, it was every girl. It was all three girls doing whatever spots they could, and then all hail Nikki, of course. Super awkward. Yeah. Um. Um. But it was. It was a raw. It ran six minutes as usual. Was it it's six hard. minutes? That's funny. It's six oh five. Uh, 6.05, the Super I mean, at oh. least it appeared that Nikki Bella was showing, like, 7% more ass cheek tonight, so there was that. Um, yeah. But beyond uh, that, it was it was pretty fucking ugly. Uh, on the main roster, have we ever seen anybody do that reverse Hurricanrana? 
Um, we. Oh, you would ask me that. I've seen it done before. I cannot remember if it was in I WWE. Mean, Neville has done it up quite a few times. Um, down in NXT. Yeah. I think actually, you know what? You know what? I think he did do it one time on Raw. He but... very well may have, because I knew I had seen it, and I knew it was pretty recent. So Neville's really. There's only a handful of people that can take that move without breaking their neck. Oh, I thought for sure somebody was hurt. I'm like, there's no way they just pulled that off with, like, holy shit. And what sucked, <laughs> what was even worse about it is, and you could see Naomi's face, you could visually confirm that she was like, what the fuck? Because she did the move and kind of looked up at the crowd and everybody was just sitting there like, okay. Like, it was still library quiet, even after something as crazy as that. That shows you, uh... Just how heatless, heatless the Divas division is. I think Naomi could be really good with some some time. She could. She could time. I, the the time thing. I know. I'm. It's again. You can only do so much in six minutes. Because it, it, all you can do really is just, especially when they have all those big spots planned. Well, no. I mean, I mean, time on the yeah, roster. I, I, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I figured that. I was going with the other version of time, but you're right on that too. Um, especially when there's only a handful of of, of of people on the main roster who can who can work a decent match in the first place. Yeah. Uh, I mean, can you imagine like Oksana or Oksana going Cameron or someone like or even Marie trying to do this? Well, and that's going to be your 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 bottom line here is I mean we you beleaguer the point about six minutes six minutes but do you really fucking want to watch Nikki Bella for more than six fucking minutes? Not wrestling. Hey, well, I mean we we could do the entrance <laughs> and then you know go ahead and Goldberg it up. Um. Well, um, that would work. So uh, there it, is it, the point that you it, know it, nobody's until, really trying to watch the Divas match yeah. for more than six minutes. Until the NXT women get called up, um, we're we're stuck with this as we have been for ever. Well, you never know how that's going to actually work. If they're going right. to get WWE allied, or if you know, who knows? I mean, um, Emma Emma went from solid down in NXT to Santino's. Uh, random girl of the month, so, and that went absolutely nowhere. Do you think? Except uh, for except for to Walmart, but except to Walmart. Bo Dallas and Adrian Neville. That was actually um quite a bit more interesting and had more fan involvement than I really figured it would. Uh, I mean they put on some some great great matches down in NXT. Um, back in the back in the early days, I think before maybe before even the network was showing it. Um, they were putting right on great matches time. down there. This tonight's match was pretty damn good. I don't think I've ever seen the spot where Dallas missed and he slid out of the ring, but he whacked his face on the buckle on the way out. That was awesome. Um, but Dallas is such a lovable goof. With just Dallas was, it was clear that he was like he knew this was a chance for him, and he was putting everything mm-hmm. into it. Like the way he was interact, like um, he was talking during the match. Uh, talking shit to Neville, talking to the crowd, um, just he was trying to put everything out there that he had to offer um, yeah. in the short time that they were given. So he was wrestling that match like an NXT match. Yeah, I commend both of them for the for the performance. Yeah, I think I un- I actually gave this a C minus, which I think I've underrated it. The yeah, more yeah, yeah, yeah. About I would have definitely given it a solid C C plus. Yeah, um, uh, Neville winning was the only logical move here. Well, that's what kind of sucked about it is that really neither guy could really afford to lose, but especially right. not Neville. So yeah, that was Neville, that was the only rough part of it about about it to me. It's clear they're going. So it's clear they've got at least 
some solid mid card plans for Neville. So and yeah. Dallas is just kind of there to pester people and then get beaten up. Uh, but it, the match was very fun. It, it was. It's nothing that I'm going to remember in about probably Two by the hours. end of this. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but it was fun. Uh, it was. It nothing was bad about it, and it was. It was a good way to come down after the Cena match. Yeah. Yeah. You can't put a big match there. You have to put a match where people are just going to go, "Oh, that's cool," and then Neville can do his spots and get people to get people back into the show. Well, KB, I've got a little surprise for you here. What's that, sir? You're gonna have to uh, probably gonna have to carry the next couple of segments because remember how I said we weren't gonna show where we weren't gonna have much uh, much to argue about when it came to the chamber match. Yes. That's because many people have referred to it as a snore inducing, and I can back uh -oh. that up because I fell asleep about eight minutes into this match. Oh dear. And I woke up to see Dean Ambrose hoisting the title over his head. So, slept there is that. While. So, well, I mean, that chamber match put me into a deep sleep, sir. Actually, I did I did wake up momentarily to see the to go home sequence of the IC title um, thing and saw Ryback, which is surprising but makes sense. We'll get to that in a minute. And then I, then I nodded back off. Um, so, the okay. only thing that I will say about it, it, it was clearly... Not a particularly riveting. Um, and two, I expect a lot more out of Mark Henry than to show the lack of fucking awareness that happened when that pod broke. I 100%. If that would have been me, I'd have been like, fuck it, I'm coming out. We've crossed the line now. Like, it's over. It doesn't, like, I can't go back. The pod is broken. I have to come out of it. Like, I couldn't see how there was so much, like, back and forth, and, like, everybody clearly didn't know what the fuck to do at that point. Yeah, that was... That was that seemed very clear. The show ended at uh, like ten fifty eight, so that came off to me more like, "Oh crap, we got to go." Um, and just even though the match ran, uh, it was the longest match of the night, and they still had that in there. Um, you really didn't miss much. Uh, Barrett went out first because well, of. I mean, because keep in mind here, I think I saw that too. That was right after the pod breaking. Um, what? I'm I'm so lost on the Wade Barrett thing. Like, oh, man. you give him the King of the Ring gimmick. Yep. He goes out before our truth. Yep. Which makes even less sense because one, it's our truth. Two, now you have four faces left in the match. Yep. So what the fuck is that? Um. Well, he already lost <coughs> to uh, he already lost to Truth on on uh, Thursday in uh, in a very short match. You do this whole deal where you give him the King of the Ring gimmick. But am I the only one who recalls the fact that he was one of the most over guys on the roster with the BNB uh, gimmick? And they just inexplicably just quit that they do gimmick every, they out do of it. nowhere? Like, I just... Yeah. Who the fuck? Where is the explanation on that? I know people talk about how the Intercontinental title is a death wish. No, it's a death wish to Wade Barrett. Barrett, I have never seen a guy who they just will job every single time they can. And well, for no, I mean, not just that, but he comes back. Remember, he came back against Cesaro. Mm -hmm. I'm afraid I've got some bad news. Beat Cesaro, and that was the last time he did it. And, like, that was it. They, he just never did it again. What the fuck is that? He was extremely it over before he 
before he got and, hurt in the summer. Yep, and he wrestled that match as a face too, which was the and only time he did it. Wrestled that match as a face, and do used the gimmick and was over, and then he just never did it again. And then he had no gimmick for a little while, and then now the King thing, and he sucks. It defies reason. I don't understand at all. I would love to hear some sort of explanation on this. I'll be right there next to you waiting for one because I've got nothing on it. It's They have done this ever since ever since he didn't win the title back in, uh, back in the Nexus days. He has been the guy that is there and then just falls away. Uh, he'll get really close and then... He'll even win a title or the King of the Ring and get over even more because he's really good. And then it just stops. Or they will intentionally have him lose every single match they can find to a bunch of nobodies and then have him win the blow-off match and say, oh, it's fine. And it doesn't work that way. It, it might work that way for a little bit, but it's not going to work that way every single night. With, I mean, people remember that Barrett loses every time he's out there. And learn not to trust anything. Like, we're at the point now where I can't trust anything with Wade Barrett. Like, okay, he did good tonight, but this gimmick will inexplicably stop for no fucking reason in three weeks, or he'll fucking, now he's about to go on a 17-match losing streak. Kind of like Dolph Ziggler. Dolph Ziggler's kind of past the point of being trustable or repairable as well. And it was funny because this match was kind of comprised of people who they did that to. So now after Brian gets hurt, it's like, oh shit, like we wanted the the Intercontinental title to be a huge deal and be the headline of one of our tours, and now all of these guys have been booked into the fucking ground to where they're not really salvageable, so now who do we fucking put it on? What do we do? Yeah, Ryback winning's a cool story, but he lost lost two weeks ago in a pay-per-view showdown. Someone explain to me how the fuck the guy who lost the pay-per-view match is the one in this match and the guy who won the pay-per-view match is not on this show. I was thinking, I mean, I, the rumor that was going around was that uh, Wyatt was going to replace Rusev if Rusev couldn't go. And I was very excited for that. And then I was too, but Mark Henry and I'm like, oh, all right. Because Mark Henry, the one guy who who you can count on to do a couple of good power spots and then go out like third which yeah. was pretty much what happened. Um, just uh, Sheamus was the one that you would think would have won here, but he didn't. I- I'm fine with Ryback winning because yeah, it, that, it's interesting and um, they had built. It, it a, sounds had... like it appears like Ryback is turning the corner as far as getting a pretty solid fan following and uh, right. you know being there. Well, so. Ryback Ryback is a fine fine option for. Ju- He's a good example of just. Here's a guy who does cool-looking power moves and hurts people. Go with that. You know, you don't need much... It's it's such a simple, basic idea. Why do you need any more than that? It's, he's a character you don't... That you shouldn't be overthinking. And they're finally going with that. Um, After trying to ruin his character, too. Yes. Uh, uh, anyway, um... I have to keep myself from going on long rants around here. Um, but uh, Ryback, went, he beat uh, Sheamus at the end. Um, so you didn't see anything of it other than the first about other 10 than Other than Barrett getting eliminated to okay. the go-home sequence where uh, Sheamus hit the fucking the white noise on the grates. 
Okay. Well, there's a spot that you would like where uh, Seamus, his timer went off, and then he stayed in the pod for like three minutes because they couldn't get the door open. Mm. Now, um, the uh, after everybody else was down, he bends down and he pulls a Celtic cross out of the lock of the cage. So he had intentionally locked himself in the pod. Oh, shit. And, and like, put a little pin in there. Because he kept screaming, like, let me out, let me out. Nice. And then when everybody else is down, he reaches down and pulls out the Celtic cross necklace that he wears. Which Very he, nice. Like, like, jammed down into the that's lock. That's fantastic. That's, it was. That's a really, it's a really unique and intelligent bad guy move. I like it. I like it, it a lot. Um, and then he came in and just hit a couple of brogue kicks and got rid of some people. Um, the... Uh, uh, the, it, like you said, though, it was kind of just a battle of, well, this guy's here, too. Um, and I mean, Ryback is probably... He's the only one that hasn't won anything before. Yeah. So, putting the title on him, it's fine. Uh, it's certainly not going to be the Daniel Bryan oh, top, of the, no. top of the roster no. guy. Uh, that, that idea of the Intercontinental and uh, U.S. titles headlining both shows is long past gone. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, Cena can still do it, but, I mean, Ryback is a mid-card guy. That probably... Thanks to WWE. The, thanks yes. to them fucking doing that. I still love that, uh, the, the spot, or the, the scene a couple of years back where Punk turns around and Ryback is staring at him. Oh, That's I what, mean... I love I mean, that. we can beleaguer that all day, but that was some of the most obscenely stupid... Uh, Ryback should have won that Hell in a Cell match. He should have. Ten fucking percent. There's absolutely. He sh I mean, if you're gonna have you're gonna have Punk run with the belt for fucking well over a year, and then he dropped it to the fucking Rock at Royal Rumble, and that's where the payoff is. Like, really? In a match? Really? That, it, that was that's what I don't like about setting up the matches that far in advance. Because as soon as he said that, you knew that Punk was dropping it to Rock right there at the Rumble. And there was nothing else. You right back over. They had TLC a couple of weeks later. You mm -hmm. have something insane, a ridiculous amount of interference to where Ryback drops it back to Punk. Punk can still fucking do the honors for the rock, for the yeah. belt. You fucking have, have put, shield you put have, more shine on Ryback. Um, and then, you have, know, you go into his heel turn, and he's a legitimate contender. And then you don't make him cry after every fucking match. Well, to believe you the point, um, just do the, the shit. WWE just, fucking did this to themselves. So. Yeah. Reap what yeah, you fucking but, sow with this bullshit ass limp dick booking that you like to fucking do. And but, to, tie it, to tie it back to uh, to Owens, all that matters is that first win. Ryback beats Punk in the cell, it doesn't matter when he loses the title. Yeah. Owens beat Cena tonight, that's all that matters. I mean, yeah, he'll probably lose the rematch, he won the first one. Well, and that's that's the important well, one. Depending on how things go, it could well, fucking matter, just ask Rusev. Um, so... True. I guess Ryback was their best option. What what grade did you give the match? Uh, I gave it a um, what did I? I think I gave it I gave it a C plus, which people were. I've seen people calling it one of the worst matches they've ever seen. It uh, was fine. One of the worst uh, chamber matches. I can go with that, but I don't. Yeah, but it it, it certainly wasn't bad. It wasn't. Yeah. It was. Uh, it, I mean, it it ran a little long. Maybe it was twenty five minutes long, but it certainly wasn't terrible uh i think it just comes down to where people are like you said all these people have been booked into the ground and it is kind of hard to care about them i was hoping um that they would uh, that if they had just had two members of new day in the in the chamber that they would have put uh the third guy in this match 
just to kind of like diversify. Which is going to be any more transparent that they're just putting Kofi Kingston into a match to make him be like a guy who does some cool spots. No, since he's in the Money in the Bank next next. No, in two that 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 is as <laughs> that is as obvious as anything you could ever ask for. <sighs> um, the worst part for that to me, they said, "Well, here are six guys. There will be more added." Oh Why? yeah, you, you know how I feel about that. That is. Oh, I'm I'm getting... right there, I'm right there with you. Uh, but just no, stop. You don't need eight people in a ladder match. You can get, especially when the people that you have in there now are fine. Um, I mean, Sheamus is a former world champion. He's, uh, Kofi's there for big spots. Orton's a contender for it. Reigns, Ziggler's there to do cool spots. Neville's there to do cool spots, which they're kind of doing overkill with the people there for big spots. Um, and I'm sure Big Show will probably be involved in it too. Of course, like there's, because... a, it's been too long. We've we've had too much of a reprieve. Like he's coming back. He's gonna be involved in something. And uh, so uh, during this time, like I said, um, I was asleep. Yeah. So and I woke up to see Dean Ambrose lifting the title, and I was like, "Holy shit! We on the Wrestling Wars podcast, we were fucking right. This happened." <laughs> and then uh, not so much. Um, my opinion on that whole deal was, and like I said to you off air, I would have just let that title, that title, the win stand. Like, I mean, people can put two and two together, the referee situation that like something's probably going to happen tomorrow night on Raw. Right. Had they let it stand. And then you still have the shock value of Dean Ambrose being a champion. He says, uh, you know, he can still, and then the authority can close in to try and hurt him and steal it back, and Roman Reigns still makes the save. You can still do everything the exact same you did, but you still have that shock value of, holy shit, Dean Ambrose just won the WWE title. I need to subscribe to this network. I need to watch Raw tomorrow night, because holy shit, Dean Ambrose just won the title. Um, yeah, it, it, instead... You really don't have that now, and I, don't, I just don't feel like it was necessary. You could have had in the opening segment of Raw tomorrow night, authority comes out, they do the video replay, um, and they just do the same exact deal that they did to close the show, which is, you know, it's not legitimate. He wins by DQ. Um, the title reign is wiped off the books, and that way you still... But Dean Ambrose still has possession of the belt, so you can... And he doesn't want to give it back, so you could still do the same storyline that you're doing. I just right. didn't I just didn't feel like the whole shenanigans at the end needed to happen. With, with, with what you're saying about the whole, uh, you need to subscribe to the network, their sales pitch is... Come subscribe to the network. You can see a finish that doesn't count. Right. Five minutes. Exactly. You know, five minutes later. Um, yeah, I agree that they. It was a very, very obvious that they were doing something like that. I didn't well, and know. That's if, what I'm saying. The fact that it was so obvious, it means you don't necessarily need to do it right there, then and there. You don't. But this is WWE, yes. where we have to we have to wrap it up by the end of the show. Well, and we have and... to smack you in the face with everything. Like nothing can ever be even less left to the most obvious of subtleties. Like, no, we have to beat you over the head with exactly what we're doing at all times. Yeah. The the somewhere along the line, the words "tune in tomorrow night" became a swear word or a swear term in WWE. Yeah. Um, the match was it was fine. Uh, a lot of clotheslines. I don't know what they did. <laughs> I mean, Ambrose probably threw ten clotheslines. It's just like, we get it. You can do a clothesline. Um, I mean, do something else. Um, the uh, So uh, you didn't see the ending. The ending was um, uh, the Stooges and Kane pulled the referee out. Ambrose hit Dirty Deeds. 
and uh, another referee, referee came. ran down. Yeah, I saw the replay because yeah. I, like okay. I said, I woke up when he was lifting the belt up, and I could right. hear. I, I was like kind of half awake and coming back to consciousness, and I could hear JBL like screaming, like "Holy shit, what just happened?" I heard music playing. And so then I'm looking, I'm like, holy shit, Dean Ambrose has the belt, the music's playing, like, and then they showed the replay, so that's what was funny, is I didn't even know, like, they just showed the replay of Dirty Deeds and the referee running down, and I'm like, holy fuck, that just happened, I'm like, I was right, we were right, like, holy shit, and then, yeah. the, the, you know, things fell apart from there. Yeah, but, I, remember, yeah. I, remember, I remember back at uh, Night of Champions, I think 2009, when, uh, um, Hardy beat Punk to, or Hardy beat Edge to win the world title, and then Punk came out and cashed in Money in the Bank. Because yeah. I felt I slept through the whole match. I remember seeing the belt coming down off the top of the off the ladder, and then closed my eyes again and said, "Oh, that's cool." And then Punk's music played, and my eyes uh, flew open again. <laughs> um, but other than that, uh, did you hear Lawler's cringe-inducing line after Ambrose won? Mm, not that I recall. No. This may start a new Attitude Era. Did he say that? Yes, he did. <laughs> oh, Jerome. You could tell it was on his mind all night calling people JR in the, in the opening match. Oh, yeah. That was that was pretty funny, pretty humorous. Yeah. Um, yeah, because in the world where they are as running as far away from the Attitude Era as they can, yeah. we must stop and praise its name every second we can. Um. So what did you grade the match? How was it overall? I gave it a C. I've seen some people say it was great. It 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 was good. Uh, I I didn't get bored watching it. Um, the problem for me was it comes down to the same thing that's happened. It, it's this. It it's been a problem for years now with WWE main events, especially pay per views. The match is pretty much just a formality until you get to the big song and dance to end it. Yeah. Because you know it's coming. Because Kane and Ro Kane and the Stooges were out there from you know the. What's a shame is that I didn't have that feeling going into this match. I really felt like, hey, like this is this is a serious this is the match and and this is all about the match and what the result of it's going to be. Um mm. and then they managed to turn it into exactly what you're saying, which at certain points like during a couple years ago like during the Orton Bryan feud, it was so bad that I would just fast forward to the last 3 minutes of the match cuz I yeah. I knew. You know what I you know what I mean? And Oh yeah. The Rollins title reign at times is is coming dangerously close to being in that territory, right. and last night it did not feel like that going into it. It felt like something could happen, and then they went ahead and made right. it into that. Kane, Kane and the Stooges, they came out with Rollins. Uh, Rollins came out first, which it just gets on my nerves very quickly. Uh, the champion should come out last. Yeah. He just should. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's, I don't know why you would do it any other way. Um Especially and you since it didn't have any bearing on the on the situation, right? Like, right, uh, and it's just like, okay, get it over with. You know they're gonna interfere a hundred times, and it's gonna be just like when Flair and the Sledgehammer would save Triple H's title every five minutes in well, two thousand. That, that's what's a shame. That's what's a shame is think about what you just said. We're talking about the main event of a big show for the WWE, mm -hmm. and your right. main thing you said that sums it up is. Just get it over with. Right. That's right. Not a good thing. Not a good no, thing. it's not. And it, it's. I mean, the, the worst part is Triple H back then. Um, Rollins now they can wrestle a good twenty minute match. It's not like they need. It's not like this is Big Show where you need hit where you need someone to help carry him through a long match. I mean, they're perfectly capable of doing a decent match, but just instead we have to have. 
all this interference. The Stooges are one thing, but you don't need Kane down there just as another distraction. It, it's, it, it gets old quick. Real quick. Oh, but KB, wasn't it so awesome that, that Rollins cashed in the belt? I mean, cashed in the money in the bank? I mean, he cashed Yeah, it in. was. Nobody could explain to me logically why that was going to be an upgrade over the awesome Lesnar reign, but, I mean, he cashed in, and it was like a surprise, even though it wasn't, because anybody with a fucking brain could figure out he was going to cash in after he lost to Orton. Um, yeah, But he cashed in, and it was the most awesome thing ever. That's what everybody kept telling me, and nobody could explain why this was so awesome. It was just, I mean, he cashed in. Didn't you see it? He cashed in the money in the bank at WrestleMania. He cashed it in. Yeah, but why is that good? Bro, didn't you see he cashed it in? I mean, he cashed in. Money in the bank. WrestleMania I, cashed it in. It would be fine if, like I said, if they just had a match and then you get to the, the interference. But when you're just sitting there, or, um, or, uh, Kane and the Stooges might as well have been holding up a big, a big countdown clock saying countdown to interference. And... You would have, and no one would have been surprised when they finally interfered because they're going to interfere. It's what they do. It's why they exist. That and to cut funny promos. Get it over with. Yeah. So uh, overall, what did you think of the show? What, what grade would you give it? Uh, I had it at a C plus overall. Um, considering this was pretty much a modern day in your house uh, with two big gimmick matches on it, um, this show was really just thrown on there and. Uh, you did have one great match, uh, which is more than enough to validate sitting through the three hours for it. That's how I felt. I felt like you had one great match and one very good match in uh, yeah. the tag elimination chamber. Yeah, uh, and I don't. Uh, I, I'm not a fan of having. I know in this case it was a little bit different. I'm not a fan of having two chamber matches in one night. It just kind of defeats the purpose almost. Um, it. It's been a while, though, since we've had really a reason for the Chamber. See, I've all for like the last week I've been thinking it's been a while since we've seen the Elimination Chamber. It's been about a year and three months. I had forgotten that they had had one last year because mm-hmm. the matches don't have a ton of staying power to them. Not anymore, no. No, I mean, like, um, the, the uh, it's the, there's really no reason to have it other than the calendar calls for it. And that's rarely a good... It's the same thing with The Cell. So many of the matches in the last... Since it became a regular show. The Cell is much more of a disgusting situation than The Chamber. I was fine with The Chamber being a yearly event because it's... it's, I mean, you know, you could say the same things you're saying about the Royal Rumble and the Survivor Series. Well, it's that time of year, so that's when it happens. The Chamber is such a a, a big overall thing that, like, I, I don't mind it. And I especially liked it as being the last kind of roadblock on the road to Wrestlemania like if you can get through this you're going to get to the promised land you're going to get to Wrestlemania I did not mind it uh, as that I, I, the Hell I in the Cell is a fucking disgrace because well, agree, that's the biggest baddest best cage yeah. match of all time it should be the unspeakable evil blow off match to every big feud and it's just kind of there and it's awful that they've done that to that match but yeah. Anyways, I, I I definitely agree that the chamber is a lot easier to sit through than uh, and can even be very fun at times than the cell, which oftentimes the cell it's not even a violent match anymore. It's just I mean it's you a can match with a fence around it. Yeah. yeah, it's a match that just happens to be in the cell, you know. And you hear like I remember uh, Foley doing that awesome promo yeah, to yeah, yeah. <laughs> to Rollins to Rollins and Ambrose about how you'll never be the same after this. Well, yeah, they kind of were. Yeah. 
like Mick Foley wasn't the same after it. No, definitely it not. Because <laughs> it got crazy in there. But no, stop, please stop trying to make this a bigger thing than it is. I've uh, uh, I've been a long proponent of making the Elimination Chamber uh, a yearly part of the Survivor Series. I could go with that. It's an elimination style match. You evolve the Survivor Series event to kind of modernize it a little bit. Um, and that match, the Elimination Chamber in and of itself, is all about survival. It is. Survivor Series is coming up. You know that's what's coming. And it's going right. to be a, a situation where you're going to put a champion in a lot of jeopardy and et cetera, et cetera. It's um, about survival. There you go. It's all about survival. Uh, I like Furthermore, the, I... and this is total fantasy booking because the WWE they just wouldn't be able to comprehend something that had this level of uh, subtlety to it or this level of uh, A to B logic. But furthermore, I would have qualifying matches during the night, and that's how you balance out the disadvantage for the champion is that everybody else had to wrestle a match to get into the chamber. Okay. So that same night, and that's, again, survival. You survive your qualifying match to have a spot in the chamber to have a chance at the championship at the end of the night. And that's what balances out the competitive advantage of, well, the champion has to fight five guys to retain his belt, but all those guys have already wrestled a match earlier on in the night. Okay, okay. I could go with that. Never, never happened. No, um, it won't. So, um, again, what did you say you, you gave this show? A B? I, a C plus, overall. What? I thought, you, didn't you give, isn't that the same you gave Payback? This was better than Payback. Um... Well, see, the thing is, with this, with the two chamber matches, my expectations went up. Um, it just, I, uh, I, I was, just with two elimination chamber matches, you kind of expect a little bit more. Because uh, the rest of the show, like the inter, the intercontinental title match, it was really just kind of there. Uh, nothing, there's nothing memorable about it, uh, other than Sheamus being evilly crafty. Mm-hmm. Uh, which was, just made me cheer for him even more. Uh, I mean, Cena and Owens aside, of course. Uh, the main event was there. Uh, the Divas match was a Divas match. Um, the tag team title was fun. Um, it just so much of it just was just there. Um, and a show full of matches just there isn't going to get a very high mark from me. Payback. The whole damn show was just there to be there. Yeah, but I had a C plus. I had more fun with the action overall on Payback though. Okay. Um. Uh. Just, also, just have like I said, having the two chambers there, uh, made it feel like it should have been a little bit higher level. Um, I still liked it quite a bit. Um, it was very, it was, a, it's a good show. It's a good enough show to watch. Uh, considering it was just a tacked-on bonus show. Oh, definitely by far. Considering that as well. Yeah. Um. So it was, it was good. I, I'm not gonna want to watch it again, but. Maybe we'll see no Owens, I would. Yeah. But other than that, there's... To watch the whole card, not really. Uh, um, since we we rolled through this pretty fast, um, and we're in a very celebratory mood during tonight's podcast, let's go ahead and, and, and cover our other big news from, from the week, quickly. Um... TNA's pretty much done. <laughs> I don't know. Fucking watch Ring the... of Honor is going to be starting this Wednesday, so Indeed. probably two days from when you guys all listen to this during your Monday morning commute. In two days, Ring of Honor will be on Destination America um, Just because. the hour before TNA, which, even though I know we're all excited to make fun of TNA and be happy that they're finally uh, reaping the repercussions of their continued idiocy over the years, I want to start this off by saying 
fucking congratulations to Ring of Honor. That's badass for you guys. Everybody on that show, as silly as some of the stuff I might find, as silly as I may find some of the work on that show, everybody busts their ass to make that show what it is. And they do show on a shoestring budget and keep things real tight and coherent. So fucking congratulations to Ring of Honor getting on Destination America. Um, okay, Absolutely. now go ahead. And, well, if you want to say your little bit about, about Ring of Honor, go ahead and then commence to making fun of TNA. Uh, I'm not the biggest Ring of Honor fan, but like neither you am I, said, neither am I. I mean, I watch yeah. their I watch their pay per views, but I don't even watch that. Um, and but I find them to be silly. Between silly and pretty good, the the, the last show yeah. actually was pretty solid. Yeah, I went to I went to a uh, I went to their pay per view uh, on in New Orleans on WrestleMania 30 weekend. I think it was like 30 bucks for General Division. I had a good time. Um, got to meet uh, Matt Hardy, Maria. It, it, they're very fan friendly. Because like it, it's one of those things where you have to like pay per autograph and stuff. And then I was just like snapping pictures there. Um, uh, Red Dragon was just like, uh, "You want us to pose for you? <laughs> Would you like? You know, <laughs> yeah, if you wouldn't mind, click." Um, but it's it's a very fun product. And the key thing is, like I said, it was thirty bucks. Sit wherever you want. Not I mean, you're, you're you're not going to beat that for a three and a half hour show. So what about this show getting on to Destination America? Like, yeah, uh, to, get, to actually get back on topic. Um, I, I, I'm thrilled for it. There is nothing bad about having more wrestling exactly. available nothing on TV. Bad. Nothing bad with a league like that that is known to send to funnel solid right. workers to the WWE. I mean, um, one, of the, one of the reasons I don't watch it is, for me, it's on at 2 a.m. on uh, really early Sunday morning. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I mean, 8 o'clock Wednesday night, I mean, if I wasn't watching NXT at the same time... Um, which now uh, you have on the same night you have NXT Ring of Honor yeah uh, uh Impact and Lucha Underground well, on the same night Impact until September that's true that's true <laughs> uh, yeah um but as far as the move for Destination America it makes perfect sense I mean they're syndicating Ring of Honor yeah. so it's gonna cost nothing by comparison what's funny and, actually I heard this on a on a on a podcast the other day uh, MLW radio uh Ring of Honor actually has a distribution footprint that is close to the WWE's now <laughs> because WWE does not have syndication. They don't have syndication right. partners. Um, Ring of Honor now has both a national network that you know, what was 70% of homes get along with the markets that they are already in on Sinclair Broadcasting on broadcast television. Now obviously they don't have the uh the money behind them or the time slots, but right. still, it's like awesome for them, man. Awesome. Yeah, that that's the this key. Is, thing. This is becoming way too positive. Make fun of TNA. God damn it! Well, I've got one ready for you. You guys are <laughs> fucked, and it's hilarious. It amazes me that those two companies started with. I think they started in the same month. They started within like their first shows were in like two weeks of each other, and Ring of Honor has just slowly and steadily gone up. Just very, very. It's taking their time, but they're now getting. They're going to be on a network that people actually get, unlike HD Net a couple of years back. Yeah. And it's on at a good time slot, Wednesday night, eight Great o'clock time slot. Oh yeah, that's good. Um, and Impact, on the other hand, is trying to beg, borrow, and steal their way onto anyone that will air them. And so we're moving right on past. Like, we're not even going to pontificate on. We're not even going to discuss like whether this is the end for impact like we've pretty much moved on to accepting that like it's the clear. 
Well, it's it's going to be the end of of them on Destination America. I okay, think. yeah, that's that's what I'm getting at. Uh, I mean, I'm t- Dixie Carter will have that show broadcasting on like channel 97 somewhere. What's if you hilarious have... is is you know they tried a continual spin, just like Whistling in the Graveyard, so out of touch. Like just like come yeah. on, like how can you be so? As Jim Cornette full it put it, uh, Dixie Carter is so majestically full of bullshit. Like. Mm-hmm. They're trying to act like it was so pathetic to see all the to see her and the TNA officials being like, "Oh, <laughs> good to have this partnership with Ring of Honor and oh, yeah. we'll make it the non-stop stop for the one-stop shop for wrestling on Wednesday nights." And we're so excited, and like nobody from Ring of Honor even like acknowledged them or fucking responded to them, and none and of the talent they? knew that Ring of Honor was going to be on there. And it became pretty clear over time that Dixie Carter didn't fucking know that Ring of Honor was coming to Destination America. They don't give yeah. a shit about her or what she thinks. They're fucking done, man. <laughs> and can you blame them? Absolutely not. Hell no. I, mean, no. I know TNA has some of the most loyal fans in the world, but there, there comes a day where you have to just accept you've got a bad show. Your promotion is bad. Bad. It's and again, the wrestlers work as hard as they can. They are stuck with the most ineptly run company this side of, like, Herb Abrams' UWF from the early 90s. Um, but they're stuck. They are stuck in this spot with this horribly run company with a woman that seems to be one of the sweetest people on the planet and someone who you could have a fun conversation with about anything on the planet but pro wrestling because she just doesn't get it. Or whatever planet that she's on and uh, inhabits, because she doesn't fucking inhabit this fucking one. No. Clearly. No. So. Uh, and you just sit there and you watch TNA no, get no, so. No, you don't. Not many people actually do. Well, I me. <laughs> they try and they try and they get good stuff going, and then you can't put any faith in them. It's like you said with. With Ziggler and Barrett earlier, you're afraid to get behind them because you're going to crash and burn with something stupid. Yep, you just, there's no reason to have any faith in it or get No, you've been burned too many times. get invested into it. That's the issue. You cannot invest in these things because... No. Because very, very soon, you're going to... They're just going to crap out. And you're going to have Jeff Hardy, who is eventually, when, he, when he's finally back from whatever injury he got by doing something stupid... Or by not being allowed to go to England because of his drug issues, past drug issues, um, he's going to come back, he'll win the world title, Kurt Angle will win the world title, and we'll hear about how amazing these people are for the 10,000th time because they've all won the world title 10,000 times. Well, at least now, there won't be 10,001 because they'll be gone in September. Um, so, there's that to celebrate. There's Kevin Owens to celebrate. There Let's is. celebrate a show uh, show recommendation from UKB before we head on head on down the road. Well, this is going to be a match recommendation again, because um, I'm going to run out of shows to keep recommending over and over again, but it is one heck of a match. Uh, I picked, in honor of Kevin Owens, I picked a fight. Um, we are going to go back to 2001 at a show, at a match I'm sure you've seen many times, at King of the Ring 2001. Oh, boy. <laughs> If you've never seen this match... Let me forewarn everyone, not for the weak at heart. <laughs> this is one of the most brutal, violent matches you will ever see between an Olympic gold medalist and a billionaire born with a silver spoon in his mouth. Uncomfortable. 
Yes, there means. are there are some spots in this match that are genuinely hard to watch. Um, you have Shane McMahon has been tormenting Kurt Angle for weeks just because Shane McMahon likes to torment people, and he's cost Angle a King of the Ring, the King of the Ring tournament earlier. This is Angle's third match of the night because Shane was smart enough to make him win the semifinal match and then lose the final, so he'd be a little bit more worn down. And these two beat the tar out of each other for about 20 minutes. I should put it in a way that KB, that Disney KB cannot put it. They beat the fucking shit out of each other in this match. Yes, they do. And almost like on accident a couple times. It's, ugh, man. There's a... <laughs> There's a spot where Angle's insanity gets the better of him, and Shane McMahon's neck is the victim. Well, that and, like, Shane, I, both of them, just, like, the, the glass. Like, just that, give up. It's not breaking. Like, <laughs> just stop. Oh, yeah. Just just move on to the next spot. They're like, no, we will not move on. The choice has been made. <laughs> that Man. glass is going down. Yeah. That glass is being broken like Kurt Angle's freaking neck. Fucking incredible. So, it is. Just check that out. King of the Ring 2001. Pretty one other overall no- show. It wasn't, didn't have a, what was the main event of that one? I f- feel like I remember uh, having a pretty solid I main event. I believe that was Rock, Undertaker, and Kane versus Triple H. And yeah, Vince, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and, like for all the marbles and shit. Wasn't yeah, it? The yeah. Winner, the, whoever got the fall won the title. Won the ti- all the titles because that's when uh, Austin and Trips had the, the world title and the, the tags. No, the, the, that was, that, the winner-takes-all match was the... Um, Wait, I'm thinking of King of the Ring 2001. Uh, I've got my I've got my shows confused. Uh, 2001, I believe, was actually uh, Benoit, Jericho, and Austin in a triple threat. Yes. I'm so. thinking of King of the Ring. I got I had King of the Ring 2000 there. Okay, because um, I remember because Shane was in the six man tag, so it couldn't have been that one. So yeah, it was uh, the main event from that show was Austin versus Benoit versus Jericho. And I mean, what else do you fucking need? <laughs> yeah, yeah. The other thing that I that uh, you need to keep in mind on that show. Look at the set. That's the show with that 30 Oh, yeah, pack. with the fucking giant chair and shit. Oh, yeah, it's back when the when the sets weren't the same thing you see on Raw every week. Every fucking week for every single show. Yeah, that, that yeah. set was badass, I remember. Oh, yeah. Although I uh, did like, I like the old school uh, with the little dudes who opened the gate for him for King of the Ring, you know what I'm saying? Oh, and yeah. All oh, yeah. Style. That was badass. That was legit. Uh, you remember um, in 96 when Ahmed is about to fight Come, Goldust? came blowing through to, to go against Goldust, and he just knocked those guys out of the way. I bet you they didn't even know that was about to happen. Oh, so you, those, <laughs> you know who those guys were. Who was it? That was the Hardy Boys. Was it? <laughs> yes. That's awesome. I have to go look at that now. You can barely recognize them, but I've heard many, many people over the years say those were the Hardy Boys. That is hilarious. I need to see that now. That's awesome. Because uh, he literally blows the doors open and yeah, knocks they, them. So for quiet. anyone who hasn't seen it, okay, it used to be, because it was really uh, like a medieval-style set for King of the Ring back in the day, mm-hmm. and they used to, ah, it's hard to explain, they had like these big gates, kind of, these medieval-looking, like it fit the design of the set, these big gates, and they would have two like servant-looking guys like at a jousting tournament. That's how they were dressed. And they would reach over, and they one would open the right side, and one would open the left side, and then the guy would come walking through. And um, the angle between Goldust and Ahmed Johnson was a very, very hot angle. I'm not going to go too much into it, because I, there's really no sensitive way to talk about what exactly it was. You just got to go back and watch it. Um, it was it had some stereotypes, had some mouth-to-mouth resuscitation involved. You should just check it out. Anyways, it was a very hot angle. And so Ahmed Johnson was... Uh, fucking pissed when they were coming into this match 
And so when the guys are getting ready to open the door, he just comes flying through the doors, and they blow open, and the two guys just go flying. And it's funny because it definitely does not look like they were ready for it or they knew it was going to happen. And now it's even funnier that we know that it was the Hardy Boys. Fantastic. Yes. And still, and also, if you're bored, watch that show. You get one of the most important promos of all time. Yeah, most definitely. Kind of a kind of a janky show, but definitely some some big developments. Um, big developments, much like tonight, much like what's coming up very soon on the Wrestling War podcast. Uh, very soon, possibly even next weekend, I'm gonna have my contributor contributor Ty Burna back. We are gonna cover. We're gonna start our NFL divisional previews. We're gonna go over uh, the wrestling headlines, of course, at the beginning. Um, very, very soon, I am going to have current pro wrestler body guy Johnson Rory Harris as a guest. We're going to talk about his training, his his trip through the independent circuit, what it's been like, uh, what he just how he started, what training was like, what going through the matches was like. We're going to get some real good insight from him on what it's like living the dream, living all of our dream. Um, and then also during the month of June, possibly early July, depending on how the schedules work out, I'm going to have former longtime uh, independent wrestler the D-Man on my show. Um, he's going to talk all about going through uh, the wrestling, the indies back in, shoot, he's about fucking 50. That's an inside joke. Um, but it was, it was shit, had to have been late 90s, I would guess, when he was going through. I actually haven't ever asked him that part of it. I know the matches are taken on a regular camcorder, so that says on VHS tapes. So that's how old that stuff is. I will be talking to him about it. It should be a great show. Um, hope you guys enjoyed tonight's episode. And we will be back next weekend with somebody. Probably Ty. Sounds good. Um, and soon enough, I would love to have Shocky back on here. I'm sure he'll be back. There's been some, some pop culture comic book news that's popped up. So I will have him back on soon. As well as a buddy of mine who is a published history author and part-time history professor in Northern Ireland. Uh, I'm very excited to ha- to talk to him. That'll be that'll be somewhat of a of an esoteric uh, special interest show for everybody because we are going to go into some ancient history. But you ought to know since this is the Wrestling Wars podcast, it's going to be chock full of violence and craziness when we do. So hopefully uh, there'll be some good interest in that with a real life professional on the subject as well as me. Um, so I thank you guys for tuning in. We will be back next week. And remember that other podcasts, they have no style. They have no class. But we have arrogance.